Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Lovecraft Country Chronicles, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lovecraft Country Chronicles. You know me, I'm your co-host, Mia Johnson. Of course, we're here today with our other co-host. Hey, guys, it's Natalie Zamora. And, oh my goodness, this is the first week where we don't have a new episode. Yeah. (laughs) That's so strange. It's weird. It's really weird. It felt like the season went on for longer than, you know, the X amount of weeks that it did. It was a lot. Yeah. So, you know what? I thought now that we have been one week out from seeing the episode, it's given us some time to kind of marinate on things and think about some of the things that we said previously. I was like, okay, let's have like a season one retrospective now that we're a week out. And, you know, maybe we're a little bit more clear headed, you know. Yeah, that's what I needed. That's what I said in our last episode. I was like, I have too many thoughts to even like go through them all right now. It's too fresh. (laughs) So I think we kind of needed this time uh, to think that over. But, you know, we do have a pretty big announcement about this podcast, in particular, Lovecraft Country Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And it is related to, of course, we just had our season finale and all the time we've been thinking about, well, what are we going to do next? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to venture into now that the season is over? And sure, I could talk about Lovecraft Country till the cows come <laughs> home, but does anybody really want to know? But I think, and what we have all come to the decision is that we should maybe cater to some more interests as far as horror fans and all that when it comes to this podcast, just to fill everything in in the meantime, you know. Fingers crossed for season two. So what that means is that I personally (laughs) will be stepping away from the podcast, at least for the time being, um, as we begin to transition this podcast into hopefully something that will continue to be as exciting. So Natalie, what's going on here? Yeah, so the podcast now will be pivoting to cover general horror. Um, That'll include TV and movies. Um, So our official new name, we can announce it. It's called One Good Scare. It's going to be the same podcast, so you can find it right here, the same place you've been listening every week. Um, But it just has a new name, so it's called One Good Scare. Um, I'm sticking around, and I will have a new co-host, even though I'm so sad to see Mia not with us right now. Hopefully season two she'll be back. But um, So I do have a new co-host. His name is Max Mallow, and he's here with us now to say a quick hello. If you want to say hi, Max. Hi, Max. No. Uh, <laughs> hi, um, hi, everybody. Uh, me and Natalie, I want to first thank you for uh, welcoming me to the Lovecraft Country Chronicles show uh, and applaud both of you on covering the show. I know the show has been uh, super well received and another popular release from HBO, and I think you guys have done a great job covering it. Um, and I'm super excited to help take the podcast in a new direction 
as there's a bit of an off season, hopefully the show gets a second season. I know a lot of people out there want that. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, excited to to join Natalie and, and help move this podcast toward horror as a whole, talking about mm. everything from movies and TV shows and yeah, everything in between. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> so I will say we can tease the the first ever episode, um, our next episode here. So um, this upcoming weekend, of course, is Halloween. So we have to dedicate our first ever episode to, you know, the best holiday in the year, the best <laughs> one. Um, so Max and I will be looking back at the Halloween franchise and we'll be going over our favorite moments and talk about some trivia about the movies. And then we're also going to have a segment to get into our spicy Halloween movie hot takes. So I hope everyone's ready to fight us on those, tweet at us and tell us that we're idiots or you agree with us or <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we're excited. Yes, very much so. And our first episode will drop Friday, October 30th. And moving forward, you'll be able to tune into new episodes every Friday morning, whether you're working from home or driving up to Camp Crystal Lake. So I'm hey. super excited. <laughs> I had to throw a little pun in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm super excited. Have some great hot takes coming up. Obviously, Halloween, but I feel like me as a millennial, I always equate Halloween to the Saw franchise because if it's Halloween, <laughs> that means Saw. So. <laughs> I'm super excited to get into those, but uh, I don't want to take up any more time for the show. Of course, you guys have a lot to go over, uh, and I uh, hope you guys have a great episode. All right. Thanks so much thanks, for joining thanks. us, Max. So, yeah, if you all are horror fans, definitely stick around. Um, if you came for the show for Lovecraft Country because you like mm-hmm. HBO shows and you were totally interested in that, you'll stick around for this podcast. Um, but if I may recommend as well from the fan-sided brand we also have the podcast take the black live which i also co-host um our dear friend who was on our previous podcast dan selkie where we continue to talk about pop culture and ton of similar things that have been related to lovecraft country so we think that you may enjoy that and of course just like this it's available pretty much everywhere you listen to a podcast as well as youtube and facebook so that's what's going on. <laughs> I think though we should get back to Lovecraft yeah. Country because I'm excited to continue talking about all of yeah. this. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the first I have two announcements first regarding Lovecraft Country. The first one is that there will be a behind the scenes documentary. Ta-da! That's exciting. <laughs> I'm actually really excited because I hope we get to see um, how they do all the special effects and everything because that has been such a highlight every episode. Yeah, I was like, I know we were talking about this before, like usually HBO does, like even sometimes yeah. like directly after an episode drops, they yeah. have this behind the scenes look and all that. Um, so this will be a documentary dropping on HBO Max coming October the 26th, which is a Monday. So, you know, a little bit after the usual time, you know, on our Sundays where we <laughs> like to sit down and watch Lovecraft Country, but I think it'll be fun. <laughs> Um, and just judging, like looking through Journey Smollett's Instagram or Twitter feed and all that, it always looks, you know, so entertaining to yes, see the behind all the, the pictures. <laughs> Did you see that one uh, Twitter video that she had put where they were in the car and they were singing along to the song? Oh, yeah. Oh, so cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just saw that. I was like, oh, wow. I, I, it kind of makes you think, like, what if they had social media and what would it I be know, like? Right? <laughs> I think it would definitely be different. If they had social media, though, they could just call Christina out immediately. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, she'd be canceled, like, within an hour. 
Yeah, hashtag Christina is canceled. <laughs> I love that. Um, so then the other thing that happened, which was actually this week, this uh, Monday the 19th, was they had their final Lovecraft Sanctum VR, <laughs> which mm-hmm. we uh, went in depth in yeah. that uh, about two episodes ago, which was basically this computer uh, virtual reality game where you uh, literally not really not that many people were able to join via VR, but you yeah. can watch on YouTube and it was all sorts of madness. <laughs> um, so the final performance or the, yeah, basically the final mm-hmm. installment of this was a concert by Janelle Monet. Uh, did you get a chance to check that one out? Yeah, I watched it this afternoon. Um, I definitely liked it better than the other two yeah. just because like it was a concert. So it was kind of just like a cool like music video type thing. It wasn't as confusing, um, maybe because I've watched two beforehand, so I kind of knew what the beginning was yeah. going to be. But I did enjoy this one more. It was cool, and I like to see like all the little figures in there, like bopping around, dancing <laughs> along. It was cute. What did you think? Yeah, it was cute. It, this one was. It definitely made a lot more sense than the other yeah. ones. Again, unless I was just so preconditioned by the last two that I was like, I know oh, this is what's going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think yeah, for sure, Janelle was the perfect pick for this. She's got the whole sound, the whole look. Yeah, about, you know the Afrofuturism that they were going for. And she had some really good songs too. So I still, to me, it was still a little unorthodox. I was like, oh, this is, you know, seeing her perform in like this CG character. But I I think, I thought it was cute. I thought it was pretty cool. And it seemed like everyone in the comments agreed as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely fun. Yeah. So that is still, it should still be up on YouTube if you want to check it out. Maybe just play it in the background or something. Um, It was Mm -hmm. pretty fun. And uh, yeah, now I'm ready to dive into our season one yes. reflection. Like I said, <laughs> we've had some time to think about it. Yeah. And last time we were pretty flat about this finale. I think we all pretty much agreed that the parts were stronger than the whole. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we like individual episodes. We liked maybe episode three and episode five and six and all that. Mm-hmm. But the finale fell flat. So to you do you still have this feeling that and i don't want to maybe maybe i won't do a leading question but how do you (laughs) feel now about the finale you know now it's been a couple days i do feel like it just is kind of unfinished like i feel like there Mm -hmm. should be something else i'm not sure what because you know they did wrap up a lot of things but it didn't feel like that big like climactic like at the end of a movie where everything is just like you're in shock and that's it um Mm -hmm. it just kind of felt yeah unfinished and i didn't really feel the need to go back and rewatch it which i have with previous episodes so not to say it was bad or anything it just wasn't you know wasn't what i was hoping for yeah and i i ended up seeing i saw it once when we had the screener then i saw it again mm-hmm. prior to our uh conversation on mm-hmm. sunday night so i have seen it mm-hmm. twice but yeah i still wouldn't say it was it would be like an episode that i would rewatch or that you know it, it drove mm-hmm. any excitement within me um, again, it had its moments. It had a lot of strong yeah. moments. But yeah, the part where it fell flat to me was that it just didn't feel like a satisfying conclusion with yeah. a satisfying cliffhanger, which is weird because they did, like we've talked about, they gave us all these threads about what can happen next and mm-hmm. which characters could 
you know, do all these things, but it just didn't leave that sense of suspense Yeah, for me. And I was quite, you know, disappointed that that happened. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree. It's not like, of course I want a second season, but I'm not like, you know, checking, checking the news every day. Like, come on, when is it coming? What is it like? I'm not that much in need of it, even though I do want it. Yeah, I really did like episode nine. I've been like, episode nine would have almost been a perfect cliffhanger just for the entire season because they left off on a really tense moment. There was a lot at stake here. And you know what, if I had to wait, you know, however long it takes to make a season, Mm -hmm. I would have been mad, but I think it would have been worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You would have had more anticipation for sure. Yeah. Episode nine was crazy that was a really yeah. great one yeah it it was like they peaked really high and then yeah. after that it was like it, it fell for me so mm-hmm. um this is another question that was brewing in my mind as I was thinking mm-hmm. about well, okay what else can we talk about to sort of analyze this from a bigger picture mm-hmm. and I was wondering which character do you think was the most underutilized in this entire in this entire series not just the the um season finale and i'd be interested to hear from our listeners as well what do you think um about you know who's the most underutilized character any ideas yeah i mean okay so the first answer that comes to mind is jaya because (laughs) gotta say it that's my girl but besides that honestly just thinking about how they ended the finale i want to say d because Mm -hmm. they gave her this huge moment and like of course like i loved her like i thought she was a great character but we didn't know too much about her um and she did have the one episode where she's you know being chased and followed but that was kind of more of like a horror episode i love that episode but it didn't really tell us a lot about her it was kind of just like she's in horror right now she's (laughs) she's being preyed on and it was terrible but um yeah, so I want to say Diana, um, but I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense that she wasn't too involved just because she is a kid and everything going on is so, you know, dangerous and and they wouldn't invite Diana, even though they invited her to the Artem in the last episode yeah. for whatever reason. <laughs> I know, yeah, let's just But yeah, so I think, I think her and obviously Jaya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, 100% William. <laughs> no, just <laughs> no, I wanted to see your reaction. Wasn't first. taking you seriously for a second. <laughs> Dang it. I'm not as good as I think. Um Lancaster. No, no, no. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, I think the most underutilized. I was also gonna go with Jaya. And yeah. the way they built her up, I was fine with like really reserving her for that episode yeah um, where it was all about her and that was so awesome I keep saying that I really really love that episode it was a a departure from you know what they had normally done it was like a breath of fresh air yeah um even though it's a short series in hindsight like did you really need it Ah, who knows but I I still enjoyed nonetheless yeah but then to sideline her really up until the last moment or bring her back, then have Atticus be like, no, I don't need you. So like, yeah. Okay. And then for him to come back in the final episode and be like, oh, no, I guess I need I you. Sorry need about you. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't really, to me, it didn't feel like a satisfying, like, I'm sorry moment or reconciliation yeah. moment. Um, there's plenty of examples of that in like, literally like any rom-com you know they they 
get together, they break up, everything is sour, and then they have this really, you know, like romantic moment coming back together. And I won't say I, I didn't need anything romantic from those two, but still, yeah, it's, yeah. it's that same moment of, you know, this is a relationship that you value. So, you know, let's treat it that way and let's have it be a very emotional moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, to me, I think it was just weird. Like I said, he kind of family zoned her. I know. <laughs> I was that like, oh, was that's weird. Yeah. And then she was just like, okay, like she was fine with it. I mean, what is she going to say? But at the same time, it was, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. He acted like they didn't have the past that they had. Exactly. Like it, was, it was a huge past. <laughs> I also thought it was, you know, annoying, but I think it's just because I love her as a character that, yeah, they had her whole episode central centralized centralized around her and we got like, you know, her thoughts, her feelings, like mm-hmm. her intentions. And then now it's like, what is she gonna do now? The show mm-hmm. doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's just here to help Atticus and then she can do whatever she wants. It doesn't matter. Exactly. But it Which doesn't matter. It, it makes me wonder. She is she was such a well developed character. Mm-hmm. And the way they handled her in the season finale, like it, it seemed like she had this development where she accepted, I don't know, the darkness within her or something yeah. like that. So I'm wondering, is there like a spot for her, you know, thinking about season two, like, does she still fit into the narrative or will she yeah. fall by the wayside just because it's like, well, she was here to help Atticus, but yeah, you know, now what else does she have to offer? Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of ways you can play with it, at least, but it makes me wonder, like, what are they going to do with her? I know. Yeah, if anything. Yeah, I can't imagine Letitia calling her up and being like, yeah. come babysit for me. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, who's that um, Lisa Bonet and, like, Jason Momoa and Linda yes, are, yes. I guess they're all close, <laughs> so maybe they can, you know, even though Atticus isn't there, maybe they can still have, like, that tight relationship <laughs> we can hope (laughs) uh so asking then kind of on the flip side of that thinking first we talked about the most underutilized character now thinking about maybe the most i don't know overutilized or the Mm. most just like in there for way too long way too long in the game who do you who do you think we could have seen less of I want to say Christina, just because she's (laughs) annoying. And I mean, so maybe not less of her in the sense that we, she was, uh, she was there up until the final episode, but maybe less of her as just being the explainer role coming in and being like, this is exactly what the magic means. And my dad did this. And then you're, Mm -hmm. you know, Titus did this. These are your ancestors, da, da, da. we could have done less with that and somehow you know seen things happening instead of being told Mm -hmm. um but I mean obviously she was a huge part of the plot and you know Atticus died because of her so of course she needs to be in there unfortunately um (laughs) yeah that was my feeling for Christina as well and I think what really could have worked for her was just like knowing from the start what she was trying to do and why it involved Atticus like I get that in the beginning they established this part where like you know she couldn't be in the sons of Adam because she wasn't a son so she Mm -hmm. wanted to fight back she's a woman and all that yeah I was like okay that's your fight why do we need Atticus and why do you keep you know bothering and bullying him (laughs) yeah I feel like the immortal thing came out of nowhere too Uh it was kind of just I mean I guess it makes sense sure you want to be immortal but it was kind of thrown in there it seems like exactly and I think it would have just made the plot feel a lot more rounded out and not 
to me, I would say overall a little aimless because, yeah, from story to story, I said there was always a pretty clear, like, beginning, middle, end. This is what we want yeah. to do. This is how we're going to accomplish it. But overall, I still was not 100%. You know, it was like, okay, Atticus is trying to get the book of names or, you know, mm-hmm. all the, the spells so he can protect his family. Mm-hmm. But it was like, from what? There there was like a threat-ish because it was like, yeah, white people can use magic. White people can, you know, harm his family. Mm-hmm. But it was never a direct threat. It was always just yeah. like, eh, this is something that could happen. But, eh, who, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was always them just avoiding her or saying, you know, like she has ulterior motives, which, yeah, of course, but <laughs> they didn't know what they were and neither did we. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I equated it to... Uh, I was thinking about like the Avengers, right? Like mm-hmm. um, for Infinity War, everyone knew that Thanos wanted to yeah. erase half the universe. We knew that from the very beginning. Yeah. And so that drove the plot basically because it was like, now we know what he's trying to do and we have to stop him because of that. And all our actions will be based off of stopping him. In yeah. the beginning, it was like, we didn't really have that clear motivation. So it was yeah. like, what are we doing this for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I feel like maybe like an episode or two of us not knowing would have given us you know the us it would have given us the mystery and we would mm-hmm. want to know and then if they just told us you know maybe episode three or whatever it is then it would have been like all right now here's the mission here's what the yeah. season's about <laughs> like I understand they're wanting to be mystery but I don't think it should have been for that long exactly yeah and it seemed like episode one and two was like warming us up anyway yeah. Because first it was like this whole Samuel Braithwaite thing and why are we going to Artem? And then, yeah, after episode three is when it switched to Christina. Yeah. Which I actually, I want to talk about that in a second as well. But my mm-hmm. pick for the most overutilized character, I think, would be Captain Lancaster. Yeah. Because that seemed There's like. There's no point. Yeah. It seemed like such a wasted storyline. And not even yeah. in a. Like, oh, man, I really, I wish I could have seen more from this. But really, I could have seen less from it. It really, to me, did not add to the plot. Having Captain Lancaster and the police, it, it it just seemed like maybe they were trying to hang on to the remnants of the book, maybe. Yeah. Including him in there. But it really didn't seem like, it was like Christina had her beef with Captain Lancaster, which was one thing. Mm-hmm. And then she also had her beef with Atticus, which was another thing. But I think if we had just cut that beef out altogether, it really, to me, didn't do much. Could he have been yeah. in it as well without, you know, the whole Christina plot? Absolutely, because, yeah. you know, without him, we wouldn't have had what happened to Dee, which was awful, I'm, I'm you know. Um, but it would have been like, episode. yeah, it, you know, you can still have the police be the antagonist. I don't think yeah. we needed all that extra in the background yeah and there were still some things that they didn't fully explain like we knew (laughs) that he was taking the black bodies but that wasn't I mean I guess it was just supposed to be like a sprinkled in extra horror bit but they didn't really like explain what was going on with that like why did he keep dying and then I don't know that was weird and then um and then the little um thing that Christina or ruby right yeah put it in the drawer and then christina went and got back what was a safety or something i don't know <laughs> yeah i have no clue i still to this so, day i don't know <laughs> yeah so i agree lancaster just not not a good mm-hmm. not a good one <laughs> so <laughs> to say yeah. the least awful awful <laughs> character 
personality yeah. wise could have really done less with him. Um, mm-hmm. And then that would have freed up a lot about, you know, like Ruby and Christina, because that was the whole yeah, point of Christina trying to get to Ruby anyway. I still don't, you know, but moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to talk about this idea about the distinction between the first two episodes and basically the rest of the series, because mm-hmm. to me, and maybe this was just because I was watching episodes one and two new to this, fresh to the idea. Yeah. So not really sure what to expect, but it, it like almost feels like those first two episodes are completely different from the last three. And maybe it's like, because episode three is where we started getting into genre episodes. Yeah. And that's when, you know, we're going outside of Artem and doing all these different things. So, yeah, I was just wondering, like, did you have this feeling where it it felt like the series took a turn by the third episode or maybe somewhere else in your own mind where, I don't know. I I don't know what I was expecting with the first two episodes. That's all I can say. Because you were setting up the thing with The Lodge and Samuel Braithwaite. And I maybe maybe I thought that maybe the Sons of Adam was going to be hunting him down and all Mm -hmm. that. And I, I, I guess I didn't expect it to pivot, basically to the Christina narrative and almost even losing the whole Sons of Adam thing to begin with. Yeah, the first two episodes were super magic heavy. Um, And that was, it was, I felt like it was like a magic, like action adventure genre. And then we see episode three, The Haunted House, and it was like, all right, pretty like Uh horror-ish, drama horror. And I guess there was magic in the second and the third episode just because, you know, the spirits, the ghosts and all of that. But it wasn't so, like, calculated, if that makes sense. It <laughs> yeah. didn't feel like old magic. Like, here's, like, the rich family doing, like, old witchcraft. Um, but that was also something that I did think with the book because the book was pretty, like, abruptly, like, after everything that happened with Artem, okay, here's Letitia's story and jump to that. So I do remember, uh-huh. like, reading the beginning of the book and thinking it was one thing and then we get to um the haunted house part and then being like okay this is a totally different thing (laughs) so I agree but then I also feel like episode four when they go um to the museum that was also it went back to the action adventure type the Indiana Jones if we will um so I think it did like jump back and forth Um, I mean, we've said that a million times, but (laughs) I think it did. Yeah, I was very, I wasn't sure, you know, what, what kind of show it was for a while. (laughs) I think I still am not that sure, but (laughs) yeah, like I, I think we all agreed that it works great as an anthology and and compartmentalizing all the, basically the episodes into chapters and You know what this reminds me of? I was going to say this before I, um, when we were talking about, you know, which characters could have been used more or less. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, having this, I guess, structure where you focus an episode on a specific, you know, point of view from a specific character. It helps in one way because you finally get to put the spotlight on that character and you've got a lot of time to play with them. But then it kind of works against you in the other episodes because we talk so much about so-and-so like J.R. Yeah. Montrose that now it's like we don't get that much time to talk about them again depending on what the situation is um, yeah so definitely like with D it's like you have to hold on until episode eight <laughs> to really yeah. get into the meat of who she is and what she does 
And by the time you get to episode eight, you now only have two more episodes to complete her arc. And yeah. for half of that, she's asleep anyway, you know, in yeah. a coma because she was, she was hurt. So yeah. It, I, it, oh, you can go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I think it works better um, in a book where you know how mm. some books they do like each chapter is either from the point of view or just telling the story of a different mm-hmm. character and then you kind of jump back and forth I think that works better just because the book can be as super long so yeah. you can jump back and forth between characters but yeah with a show when the episode is an hour long you get so invested in you know one character and one genre one you know whole story of its own and then we go to the next but then they are still interwoven a little Mm -hmm. bit you know um yeah I think it works better in a book than a 10 episode series yeah and just having more time even if it had been extended to maybe 12 episodes maybe we could have had more time to to talk about that yeah. Um, I also wanted to know from you, since we're talking about this, how do you feel about the series diverging from the source material about halfway through and kind of basically yeah. doing its own thing at this point? So anyone listening who loves the book might hate me, but I really <laughs> like the show more, like Ooh. a lot more. Um, and I don't know if it's just, you know, preference of genre or what, but I felt like the book held on to that witchcraft action adventure Mm -hmm. type thing. Um, and I didn't find it. I remember like in our first episode or maybe it was our second episode with Ian when we were discussing the book, we were saying, you know, like it's not really horror. There's funny parts and it's action. Um, so I kind of like when they brought the horror, they brought the gore, you know, the (laughs) shocking moments, um, the powerful moments, you know, with Ruby. Um, and yeah, so I like that they went off the book. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like that, but and I, uh, it depends. I really, I was going to say, I usually don't, but it really depends. Um, for something like this, I think it was really cool for me because I didn't know what was going to come next. Yeah. Like it could have <laughs> followed the book and it didn't, or it couldn't. Um, and some things were similar, but yeah, a lot of it was different, but I really liked the um, direction that Misha Green took it. That's good to know. And yeah, it's like you have, there are different strengths and weaknesses when it comes to the book. Like you said, with the yeah. book, you have more time to spend with the inner monologue of a character yeah. or getting to know that world, getting to know their thoughts. Whereas obviously TV is a very visual medium. Yeah. So now you can see these actions and these emotions convey- conveyed by the actor. You can see, you know, just these awesome shots. You can see things like the yeah. metamorphosis or Letty walking through the fire. So yeah, um, yeah it, from what it sounds like then I, it, I'm kind of glad that they played with this you know idea of making it their own and you know now the door is really wide open to do like basically yeah. whatever they want <laughs> in next season yeah um, I think oh. also the show was just like it was just more meaningful um I felt mm. the relationships were stronger they had better conversations I really tugged at your heartstring like I got emotional <laughs> many times I didn't get emotional reading a book uh, reading the book obviously you know if you're seeing it on tv you're more inclined to get emotional but yeah I thought that it was definitely just more meaningful and more powerful it's good to hear Oh, and then, okay, one more question about season one, and then we're going to move on to season two. Yes. Oh, so um, we talked about how all of the episodes seem like different genres. They jump back and forth. We had, you know, the horror, the action, the 
you know, drama, thriller, Indiana Jones, that's its own, that's its own genre of naming it. Um, so what do we think that they did best this season? Ooh. Hmm. It's a good one. You know, yeah. it's hard for me to award them like the the horror mm-hmm. award because just because it didn't feel like traditional horror. Now I will say yeah. that they did have some awesome moments that were very horror like gory and scary and all that but I don't necessarily think like they excelled in making this a horror show uh, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad yeah. thing because at the end of the day I guess they weren't going for that anyway right um, so I think that when they got into the sci-fi elements and get, this mm-hmm. might be my bias I think they were really <laughs> strong in that and maybe Satan VR is a testament to how they wanted to really go into this idea of Afrofuturism, but maybe mm-hmm. they didn't have enough space to play with yeah. that yeah. up until Hippolyta's episode. But I thought that was awesome. The idea of just, you know, the whole idea of time travel and thinking, you know, what can you do if you can change yourself or change the past and all of that. So I would say that was, they did really strong in that regard. Um, yeah. Action, you know, was pretty standard as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that'd be my favorite. Yeah, I wish they had more time to get into the sci-fi because they really, that was really awesome. And also, you know, just the time traveling in general was just awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I always love that. If there's a show with time traveling and I'm like, all right, I'll try it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. I also think, you know, just general drama, they did really well. The episode, oh, yeah. um, the Tulsa episode was, you know, so, so well done. It was so emotional. That one really got to me. Um, and then I love the episode um, with Dee, even though, you know, it was terrible things happening to her. I think the horror aspect was really good in that one. Yeah. That one was creepy. Um, yeah. Which I personally love to see. <laughs> but <laughs> Of course. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, probably just the thriller drama aspect of it, I think, was done really well. Like, yeah. I think very emotional. thriller is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um just always your you you will be on the edge a lot of times oh, yeah. in the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. Now thinking about season two, I you know was honestly not sure at first if like season two was something that they definitely wanted to do. Yeah. Um even from the beginning it felt like they were moving so fast yeah. through the book that I was like, they're not gonna have anything left yeah. to adapt. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to read a quote because Deadline published an interview with Misha mm-hmm. Green. Um, and I'll just read this verbatim what's going on. So Deadline asked, so with George's upcoming birth, Atticus post-humorous letter to Montrose and Diana's bloody, bloody killing of Christina, sure feels like there's a second season coming. Is there, um, is there and how do you envision it? And basically, basically Misha Green says, nothing is official yet, but I envision a second season that carries on the spirit of Matt Ruff's novel by continuing to reclaim the genre storytelling space that people of color have typically been left out of. So that was pretty interesting for me to read that the doors are still kind of open. I'm sure the offer is on the table to um, push this narrative into a season two. So Yeah. yeah, does it, does it feel then does it feel real like season two could actually be happening (laughs) yeah it seems really hopeful i mean if misha green is um you know down for it there that's one 
one box that's checked. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really hopeful. I hope that, you know, HBO will see just how meaningful this series is to so many people. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's gotten good reviews. The acting is obviously amazing. Special effects, you know, it was made really well. And I think yeah. that, you know, people did really enjoy it. So I'm hopeful. I'm thinking it might happen. Yeah. And it, yeah, to me, it feels like we've come too far Mm-hmm. Um, even just looking at how well this podcast has grown, it shows that yeah. people are really interested like and invested in this show. All of us, us too, every listener, every guest that we've had, mm-hmm. uh, it feels like it would be a shame to build all of this up and then just abandon it and be like, all right, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. cause that's, that's what TV is. You have this opportunity to come back and revisit characters over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The only other time you might be able to do that is like with a Marvel movie or Star Wars or something. Yeah. You don't really get that opportunity to do that you know, like with traditional film or anything else. Right. Um, so what's interesting is I believe this week HBO just picked up The Outsider for a second yeah, season. Yeah. And even so. that, even that seemed like it had a pretty solid conclusion to it. And I think they mm-hmm. pretty much exhausted everything in the book. Um, so it definitely seems like now they're entering this, this time where it's like, okay, what if we, you know, we are past the boundaries of the book. Yeah. And now we can just basically do whatever we want in this world that we established. Um, also kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones because they, I believe it was like they caught up basically to the books. George R. R. Martin hadn't really written anything conclusive yeah. yet, still waiting on his book. Yeah, still, still. <laughs> and um, so even though he had an idea about what he wanted to do, they were like, I guess we're on our own now. We just have yeah. to execute it. So it seemed like a pretty solid plan to me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, once you establish this world, um, and they already, since they already departed from the book so much, they established their own world with Lovecraft. So I think, you know, people would be definitely wanting to watch a second season. I think there's room for it. Yeah. So here's the question, though. Here's the kicker. (laughs) How long do we think until we'll get a new season? Because with stuff like this, it's not your typical, you know, ABC, CBS, CW yeah. show where they're in production every year, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't think we will. I don't know. I, I, I'm not 100 percent certain that we'll get something in 2021. Yeah. Um, typically, HBO is like, we'll give it like a nice two ish year cushion. So, yeah. gosh, maybe 2022, which sounds like a lot. I um, know. That sounds so far away. I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they started filming the first season in 2018. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, it's like at, well, probably at least another two years after <laughs> they officially renew it. And then, you know, um, I think they, they were filming in. Chicago, right? Yeah, they they, they shot a couple of scenes in Chicago. Okay, yeah. so I'm trying to think of you know with with COVID and all the yeah, all the new rules, yeah. what's going on? Uh, yeah, so that yeah that pushes stuff back even further uh, for yeah. p- pretty much every you know production that's coming out now, but. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to know that, like for example, we've got season two of The Mandalorian coming October 30th. Mm-hmm. 
And I honestly thought because of the amount of like production work that goes into that, I thought that would be like a two year gap. And they're like, no, yeah, it's coming out this year. It's not even going to be delayed. <laughs> so, that Disney is, money. They're like, yeah, everyone's so. going to watch it. They need to release <laughs> at the same time for the baby Yoda merch for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hey, that helps me, you know, over on uh, Dork Side of the Force. Yeah. I have no, let's give me it right now. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think. I can say the same about HBO and their, you know, work ethic, but Hey, you know, good things come to those who wait. (laughs) Uh, So finally, um, one of the quotes that I also thought was interesting from the deadline story is Mm -hmm. this idea about coming full circle. And that was the name of the final episode. Mm -hmm. And I'll just read out the quote from Misha Green, what she says about that. So she says with the finale, I wanted to bring the arc of the first season to a close while opening a door to the next. In the writer's room, we talked a lot uh, about what full circle looks like for each character and then set out to do that in a uh, surprising yet satisfying way. She says, I think it's up to the audience to decide if we succeeded and hopefully they will. So I was wondering uh, with this idea of coming full circle, like where do we stand on that? Did everyone come full circle? (laughs) Was that, you know, something that, was fulfilled with everyone's storyline or maybe just a couple yeah i'm not sure i feel like (laughs) maybe in season two it would be (laughs) but i'm not sure you know the ending was kind of defeating for a lot of them but also liberating i'm thinking Mm -hmm. just for montrose specifically um yeah you know he's gonna get another shot to be a dad he's gonna be a grandpa but besides that I'm not sure I mean Christina is gone (laughs) yeah yeah birth and death I guess that's pretty full circle for at least her and Atticus um I you know I I almost thought I think it's interesting that you said Montrose came full circle because I almost thought he was the one character that didn't funny enough Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just because we haven't, we still hadn't seen him like really accept himself or yeah. which really it's, it's more of the, not necessarily the fault, but just an effect of the door being left so wide open for everyone yeah. that to me, it's hard to say full circle when there's so much more that can become of this character. Um, yeah. I think the best example of someone coming full circle is Hippolyta just because she to me was the one person who really you know reclaimed who she is we we didn't again so like with D we didn't get that much about her up until her episode anyway so it's kind of hard to pick and say where you want to say her narrative or her character arc starts but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah the whole I am thing and the whole rising up I think that certainly shows that she had a full circle character arc yeah um, d kind of has her vengeance at the end i'm struggling to say if that's full circle as well i know yeah because it just felt it didn't feel uh, in character but maybe we yeah. just don't know her character that yeah. much so it's hard to say you know what does feel for full circle though and more of a karma effect is uh ruby because you know it's kind of or is it i guess in a way dharma i think that might be the more Mm. appropriate term but you know the what comes around goes around goes around comes around sort of thing where basically you know she was taking advantage of these people who you know um 
Hillary being in a comatose state and using her likeness to the point where it's like, well, now you're in that situation. So, (laughs) you know, like, uh, gosh, the Joker movie was something else, but you know, he has this line where he's like, you get what you effing deserve. So it's like, (laughs) did she deserve that? I don't, Uh, I don't know. It's it's shady business for sure to be, you know, using someone's likeness. Uh, So that was just something that stuck out to me. Yeah, that's interesting. I did not read that quote before, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I know we were we were talking about the full circle episode title, but I'm not sure. I'm convinced it's you know for every character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If to me, I thought the idea of full circle was like, hey, we're back at Artem. Yeah, me too. Um, we're back at that journey with yeah. Letty and Atticus. Um, so yeah, it's up to I guess the the viewers to decide. Uh, and last question as we kind of put this chapter behind mm-hmm. us. And this was asked by uh, he by Jim Rohner of Cast of Cthulhu podcast that um, I had appeared on to talk about. And, you know, he was on our final episode as well or previous mm-hmm. episode. He asked, would you recommend Lovecraft Country to someone even after this finale? Uh, and I'll let you go first because I also, of course, I have my own thoughts. <laughs> I would say yes. Um, I don't think the finale was, you know, straight garbage enough to ruin the show for me. Um, I know I think Jim had a more critical opinion of it than I did. But yeah, I would say I would still uh, recommend it. I think, you know, it presented really powerful conversations and themes Mm -hmm. and history that, you know, some people might not even know about. So it's definitely educational. Um, And, you know, the same thing I always say, the acting is so good. The special effects is so good. I love the music, too. I think there were some really powerful moments that I don't regret watching. Like, I (laughs) I think I, you know, really, really enjoyed it and watched it again a few parts. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. But, I mean, it depends, you know, to the person. If somebody doesn't like, you know, the horror-ish genre or squirms easily with blood or that kind of thing even though I know you do um (laughs) yeah it it depends but you know if somebody's looking for a new show then yeah I would definitely recommend it yeah I think I pretty much had the same answer I was like yeah with those few caveats like if you just really don't like horror Mm -hmm. you know certain things but my whole idea was even if for us the finale fell a little bit flat, I was like, I don't think that takes away from the heck of a ride that we had watching yeah. pretty much every single other episode. Um, there were so many great moments that we talked about that we gushed over that yeah. even if it made us mad, hey, that's kind of the part of yeah. watching TV and being a exactly. fan. It's like, why would you do that? Or what, you know, you know yeah. bonehead. <laughs> so. Exactly. I, yeah, I was like, I don't think any of that should detract or the finale should detract just from the sheer amount of fun that we had. You know, everybody yeah. loved these characters. We grew so close to them. The acting um, that made us love these characters were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me as well as uh, of Game of Thrones because we yes, had this I conversation <laughs> on uh, Take the Black, uh, you know, not too long ago as well about like season eight where you know a lot of people were not satisfied with that mm-hmm. uh final season and it was like well you know should you tell someone not to watch game of thrones just because you know that last season wasn't so strong and it was like if you think about all the moments from that like wed wet <laughs> red wedding and everything yeah. that happened to joffrey and the dragons and it's like 
how can you not tell someone to watch that show, right? Yeah. <laughs> it would be a disservice. So Yeah, people hated the ending so much just because they loved the show so much. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm re-watching Dexter right now just because uh-huh. I was so hyped with the revival yeah. or whatever they're doing, um, <laughs> new season of it. Um, I did not like the ending of Dexter, but I still <laughs> like, you know, I love the show. I'm going to re-watch it. So there, that's my yeah. take on it. <laughs> We should have had you on Take the Black yesterday because we were just talking about that. I was like, I never watched I it, so that. I I can't take the I, I can't speak on the heat that it received. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not great. But like I remember all the good stuff about it when I exactly. look back on it. I'm not thinking about the ending. Exactly. So yeah, I think we both 100 percent still recommend it. Yeah. And that is the final question that I pose to our audience as well. Um what do you think? Would you recommend to a friend Lovecraft Country, um, you know, based on seeing the entire show? And I know there's some people mm-hmm. who still just loved the finale anyway, so mm-hmm. this question might not even make a difference to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Leah, let us know where you are. Tweet yes. us, of course, um, Mia J Media and at Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end. And we will get back to you. We love mm-hmm. chatting with you. We've loved chatting with you all yes. this entire season. It was so fun getting to yeah. you know, see what y'all were thinking as you were live tweeting or listening to the show. It just really, uh, I know it warmed my heart for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. It was awesome to see people responding to us. I loved it. Yeah, so I really, I hope you all will continue to love and listen this podcast. Uh, my ghost will be lurking around. I'll yes. still be listening. Um, <laughs> I'll try. I, I, you know what? I was like, you know what? I'm not the biggest horror fan. I want someone who really loves horror to take over the show and to be more enthusiastic about it than me and give it 110%. So I was like, Natalie, I know you already, you've got this in the bag. So I'm happy to pass it over to Max so he can really, you know, take this thing into overdrive as well. So uh yeah it's a bittersweet moment to you know have this be my sort of last show but hey fingers are crossed that and I'm setting my clock to season two and when when that time comes you know that's when I shall make my return from the dark from the shadows (laughs) so um yeah like I said I'll still be around Twitter I'll still be around take the black live um Natalie of course will still be around here uh Oh, do you have any final words before we wrap up this show? No, just thank you, everyone who's listened. We've been so happy to see that people have enjoyed this. It really makes all the difference. It's not like we're just talking to each other, (laughs) which it sometimes seems like when we're recording a podcast. So it's really great. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you all. Of course, continue to leave those great, great reviews um, and show that same enthusiasm as well when they get into their horror and spooky, (laughs) you know, uh, content and all that. So thanks so much for listening. And Natalie and Max, we'll see you all uh, in the next episode. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.